Thanks so much for clicking on this video if you're watching the past broadcast. Every Friday, we're going to try to do this regularly. It is a new segment called the Reforge Rundown. It used to be more of a roundtable, but one of our co-hosts, Ginger, had some obligations that he had to take care of. And I love making content with my man 30 and still gaming. So we decided to call it the Rundown, a great thing to run down stuff from the week. Obviously, we'll lead with the biggest story, which is the Game Awards. What did you think? What was going on? Why did Bill Clinton get mentioned? And we are going to be chopping this up together. Mike and I have been making content together for probably seven years. So I hope you enjoy it. I'm going to bring people over from the previous live stream where we talked about the Xbox deal. We're not talking about that this stream. We are talking Game Awards, Mike. What... A showcase. I continue to tell people that I think Jeff Keighley is really raising the bar of what gaming live events can be like, and I, I, I really think he's going to really start to rival the quality and the budget, and maybe even the viewership of the Oscars. I mean, what did you what did you think? Let's fly over the thing first. How do you think it went? First off, I, I think as far as rivaling the Oscars, he literally just uh, put a tweet out earlier today saying that the viewership was better. It was like higher than ever before. So there you go. I think the last time we checked, I think it was like 80 million people or something like that were like watching it last year or whatever the numbers was. Uh, the quick flyover, like the bookends, like the beginning of the show, like not the pre-show, but the beginning of the show and the end of the show with that, the guy at the very end that came up to the mic. I was like, why did that douchebag come up to the microphone and do that? I was like, so the Al Pacino moment, and and the Chris Judd, uh, Christopher Judd, when he did his acceptance speech, I was like, holy Christ. I was like, it was 18 minutes long. Yeah. 18 minutes long. I was like, this is this is the worst. Al Pacino couldn't even read the prompter. It was like so uh, like far away. I'm surprised he knew where he was, to be honest. And then the end, I was just like, ah, the entire show was actually pretty good. It was a good runtime. I, I mm-hmm. thought I thought it was pretty smooth. I thought the production value was great. Um Obviously, the cheesy jokes and the the dialogue and stuff like that for for some of the stuff is is dumb. But other than that, I I was actually really excited. I thought the uh, the pacing of the amount of trailers, the amount of things they showed, we all know it's not a reward show, right? We all know it's a big advertisement for for video games with rewards in the middle. So I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was a, a this is probably one of my favorite ones that he's done, uh, and he's done it for nine years so far. So. Yeah, I have to agree. I think this is easily the best one. I really, really liked it. Funny enough, I thought the 30-minute pre-show with Sydney was better. Like, it just ran really smooth. Like, she did such a good job. I think some of that was because they were more in control. Like, you can't really control Christopher Judge deciding to do a a manifesto for 18 minutes. Because I I love him. I do. But he got he got he got way too self indulgent. It's like, bro, you're just telling stories about stuff now. Like, this is not what this is for. Yeah. A, I, I thought the pre-show was pretty funny. We were we were joking because um, last night we we've covered every year on GXG, and uh, I thought we were making fun of her. Like she did a, she did a great job, but we were making fun of her. Like is she on something? Because the way that she was like talking and making jokes and and stuff, I was like she's either drinking something before she started this, or she's like maybe taking a gummy or something. I don't know. She was having fun, and it, it was it was a good time when she was up there. She was just playing. I thought she crushed it because I have, you know, I've obviously done hosting at E3 and I've done, you know, some shoutcasting in New York. And what she has to do, I think, is uniquely challenging because she's talking to a camera, but there's also like a live audience. And I feel like a lot of people at E3 would fail. They'd be like, are you guys excited? And it's like, you're talking to the audience and like, that's not what you need to do. And I actually thought she embraced 
the sort of cheesy, cringy jokes, and she did it in a yeah. way where it was like, okay, this is kind of charming and kind of funny. And then the show got going, and I felt really bad for Keeley because he didn't necessarily have control over Pacino just struggling, and he didn't have control over Christopher Judge deciding it was time for, like, a mini Christopher Judge episode. Like, like 18 minutes is a long, stinking time. Like, yeah. most sitcom yeah. run times are, like, what, 20 minutes? Um, so, I mean, it was the length of a, of a sitcom. And I felt bad for him, and then things really picked up. I felt like from that point yeah. on, everything was great, and then, you know, the dumb Bill Clinton kid... The scary part about the thing with the Bill Clinton kid is I said to myself, I was like, who is that kid? Yeah, who's why the is the kid? He, That's exactly he, what I said. Why is he back there? Yeah, and it was nobody weird. like nobody questioned it. Like you should have a list of entourage. Like, if you're gonna come up on stage, we need to know who's coming with you. And secondly, why was he at the event? how did he get in? Like, I don't understand why he was there. He was planning to do this. He like he like told a buddy that he was gonna do it, or some guy he was playing with he was gonna do it. It's like this could have been an absolute tragedy if he had worse ideas about what he wanted to do. Um, right. Which obviously you hope with the security, like he couldn't like bring something in. Um, but man, that made me kind of freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh, like we, we could have literally watched something horrific and been like, what just happened? You know, and yeah. no one would have known why he was even in the building or allowed up there. Yeah, it was weird when he walked up. I, I even said it when we were watching. I was like, who's that guy in the background? I, I said it out loud. I was like, who is that person in the background? He looks weird. He just looks like he was out of place. Well, because Miyazaki had already gone up, and he just went up with the translator, and then he went up again, and it was like, wait, what? what why would there be a kid up there? It was clearly, like, not an adult. And he's been, he, yeah, he was arrested. I'm not sure what he'll be charged with. We don't know how old he is either. You know, obviously... You know, I, th- I think you want to make an example out of them. Like, you don't want to turn these events into, oh, yeah, come up on stage and make a joke or, you know, say something obscene or whatever. So, you know, I say make an example out of them and make people be like, oh, wow, you don't want to do that. They take that very seriously. So that's sort of the flyover of the event. I thought the event was good. High production, huge. you could tell huge budget. You can tell Keeley's just sort of enjoying it, which I think is great. I, I, have, I have a lot of appreciation for how he just is sort of him. He doesn't try to be anything other than Jeff Keeley. And so I appreciate that so much about how he approaches these events. Now, as far as all the things that they showed, what was your big standout moment? Like, what did you walk away from and say, you know, because people in chat are like, blame security, you know, trespassing. Yeah, I would I would, I would meet with your security team for, for sure. <laughs> I, yeah. I would, I would. So chat you can weigh in here we'll pull out some comments let us know what you thought and make sure you guys are hitting all the buttons and spamming and stuff i want to hear from mike though what was the stand what was the standout thing for you the standout thing for me was three months prior to this i've been talking about transformers like we brought up uh rumors talked about mmos we talked about a whole bunch of stuff i've always said if they make a game like destiny but with Transformers or Marvel that I would leave Destiny and that would be it. And supposedly this game is going to be like Destiny-esque, right? So uh, last week I said that, in my prediction, I said Transformers is going to be at the Video Game Awards show. And lo and behold, like when they came out and said Transformers, I was like, I was like, I was right. I was right. I was I was super excited. I haven't been excited for a game. I don't even know what it is yet, right? I'm, I'm starting to make content of it and, and stuff, but Transformers to me was that moment. I was like, yes. I was like, this is what I wanted to see. I was hoping to see like 
Fable. I was hoping to see some game we haven't heard from in a while as like an update type of thing, or I was hoping for the Transformers game. So the Transformers game to me personally was the biggest moment at the at the video game award show. Yeah, I got a lot of people in chat saying Armored Core. I think that one I, that one didn't surprise me so much because I knew Bandai was there and there were so many leaks about Armored Core. I was like, Bandai is either going to drop a really big Elden Ring DLC announcement, which would have been weird timing since they just pushed out the free update. I was like, or they're going to finally show us Armored Core. Um, but I didn't get that excited about Armored Core because I don't have a history with it, but I didn't think the trailer yeah, do I. was. I thought the trailer was awesome. I, I honestly thought when I first saw it, I was like, is this another Transformer? Because the, the opening scene of, of Armor Core, it looked like Cybertron for a second in the very mm-hmm. beginning. And I was like, I was like, wait a minute, two Transformers games? It's like, no way. Because there was a rumor of like an MMO Transformers and there's another rumor of a action uh, adventure game of Transformers. Yeah. So I thought I was like, there's no way they're showing two. Uh, one of the other chat just reminded me, um, Jedi Survivor. I mean, just seeing the trailer for Jedi Survivor, that game, that is my number one game for next year right now. Um, obviously you guys know that i'm a huge star wars fan the first game was phenomenal probably probably the best star wars game i mean knights of the old republic is up there and jedi fallen order i think overtook it for me just because of the uh the gameplay and the story the way it was so i'm really looking forward to jedi survivor jedi survivor was mine that was easily the big moment for me because i loved the first one and the first one was the first game I, I'm not like this, but it was the first game I ever replayed and immediately turned the difficulty up. And it was kind of my catalyst into FromSoft games, Sekiro and then eventually uh, Dark Souls 3 and the like, and then Elden Ring, which has been, you know, obviously huge for what I do for a living, but also very transformative for me as a gamer, like having a palette for harder games. And it all goes back to Jedi Fallen Order. And the thing that I came away with from the trailer was a huge uptick in cinematic quality in the cutscenes. I was really excited to see Seer, and she looks awesome and bald and dope. And then, all of the new things they're letting Cal do. Right? He's got this, like, grappling hook thing, so fluidity and movement's gonna be increased. Two lightsabers, we never really got to do that in the last game. You did it every once in a while, like, as, like, a flourish, but you didn't get to, like, get two out. And then he does like, I guess it's going to be a lightsaber greatsword. So he do, he does something to it, and he's using it in a very different way. Yeah. I I was ecstatic that they didn't just get us excited. They said they said without saying it, there's going to be a lot more in this game that you can do now. They didn't even show us. I don't think they did, unless I missed it. They didn't show us blaster gameplay, but there's definitely going to be a blaster. Yeah, because the pre-order, the pre-order stuff that leaked uh, for the game, they show like a Han Solo, a Luke Skywalker set, and there's a blaster. And why would you have a blaster if you're not going to use the blaster, right? So yeah. obviously there, there's going to be some gunplay with, with, with Cal Kessis. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited because the game where it takes place, it takes place five years after the last game, mm-hmm. which is the last game takes place five years after Revenge of the, you know, Revenge of the Sith. So we're 10 years in. So technically, he's on the same timeline right now as the terrible Obi-Wan Kenobi show, where it's year 10. And potentially, he could cross paths with Obi-Wan in the in the show or something along the lines, or, and vice versa. If they do a season two of Obi-Wan, uh, Cal Kessis could show up. And he also could show up now either in the Ahsoka show or uh, the Mandalorian show, uh, because it's only a couple, it's, well, it's about another 10 years uh, eight years bo- uh, before those, but there's potential there. Obviously, I, I don't think you're going to die or something's going to happen to you in this in this series because I, this is a trifecta, right? We we know that 
Cal Kessis and whatever Jedi. It'll probably be like Jedi Knight by the time the third one comes around or something like that. So I'm I'm very excited about that. So so far next year, supposedly we have the <laughs> we we have Jedi Survivor, and we mm -hmm. have that Transformers game. Good night, everybody. I'm good. I'm good for the year. <laughs> yeah, 2023 is just going to be jam-packed full of games, and I think they had the actor come out and hold a lightsaber for a reason. There's, to yeah. me, that's a wink and a nod to be like, yeah, th this guy's going to show up in a show. He yeah. needs to. He is. Yeah. He's he's a good-looking dude. He's a phenomenal actor. He's charming. Like he looks like he fits into the Star Wars universe. He just he looks the part. I was very very glad to see him there, and holding a lightsaber. I was like, yes, like yeah. come on, like because Andor is on the top shelf of Star Wars content. So it's like okay, let's get let's get the Star Wars content back on track here. Let's have some good Mando. Let's have Ahsoka be good, and let's get this guy in here. Let's bring him over from the video games. I think that'd be excellent. I think that's where we see him. I don't think we see him in Mando. I think we see him in Ahsoka because I think Ahsoka takes place uh, during the Rebels timeline, which would more be in line with with Cal Kessis uh, crossing paths with them. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm very, very excited. That was my big moment. Now, the other thing that I thought really proved itself was Diablo. So Diablo 4 showed a cinematic that once again cements blizzard as probably one of the best if not the best cinematic oh, yeah. gaming companies out there they're they're unmatched at some at some levels like i still remember cinematics from warcraft and i wasn't a warcraft guy i remember them i remember yeah. the guy coming in in the they, rose they were pedals amazing falling. they were amazing and you were just playing a, a strategy game you know yeah. what i mean yeah i remember the angel ripping his wings off in Diablo 3. So, like, we this cinematic is like, why is this not a TV show? Why is this not a movie? But they also get to announce their launch date. And this is a little controversial because you can, you can get into Diablo 4 early, but you have to get the gold or higher gold or ultimate which I don't yeah. like I don't like that I don't mind giving people early access for pre-ordering I think that's fine because they're committing they're giving you their money ahead of time and being like hey you get in early I think that's totally fine it obviously started a huge debate in my chat about what pay to win is which was weird but <clears throat> what what did you think about the cinematic what do you think about like this June release date too I the next year as you say is jam-packed yeah, it was rumored, uh, there was a rumor out for a leak that it was coming out in June, uh, the release date. Uh, and same with Jedi Fallen uh, Survivor. There was a leak about when that was coming out as well. Um, <clears throat> I The only thing I don't like about the, the pre-order stuff is that if you are, if you're Blizzard, right, and you, you're like, our game is going to sell. It, Diablo is one of the top-selling IPs of all time, okay? So it's not like they're like, uh, is this going to sell or not? And when they when you have to go to the gold edition to get the pre-order, that to me puts a bad taste in my mouth because to that you're saying, hey, give us your money so you can try it out instead of going, look, here it is. Just try it out because you're going to love it and you're going to want to buy it. You know what I mean? Like type of thing. It's it's almost like a reverse psychology. Um, I'm excited for Diablo. I just started playing. Never played Diablo 3. I played Diablo 1 and played Diablo 2. Never played Diablo 3. Picked it up on sale for Black Friday when it was out. It was like 20 bucks for the whole expansion or whatever. I'm like level 25 right now. I'm enjoying myself with Diablo. I was like, I'll play it. Just get used to it while Diablo 4 comes out. Because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get Diablo 4 
when it comes out and i don't know still now because of jedi survivor and transformers i don't know what i'll be doing at that time uh because transformers potentially might be coming out around the exact same time as as diablo 4 so for me i think diablo is going to be a, a home run for blizzard i think it's going to it's going to get it's going to get kicked back uh i guess shoved back a little bit uh because there is going to be some microtransactions and there's going to be those conversations that we have on my channel and your channel is it pay to win and stuff like that but the game itself is getting it even in the early access has been getting really good reviews or really good input and i think what they've done so far by putting out the end game content first yes I, I watched the force gaming video of him saying that the people are saying it was repetitive and kind of boring and whatnot but it's still early we're still six months away seven months away eight months by the, when they were working on it so they'll add some stuff and i know there was a comparison to like lost ark and and whatnot at, at the launch period of is there enough end game in diablo look diablo the way the the way the industry is standard now diablo will be fine if it comes out with five six things to do at the end game majority of the population we're talking 98 percent of the population won't even be an end game you know at that time where the one percent two percenters are going to be there blowing through it and then complaining about it but the 98 percent of the people are just going to be loving the game there's going to be so much to do so many things to, to to see the story the story's always been good in diablo i'm enjoying the diablo story in diablo 3 right now so for me i think the the cutscene is phenomenal they've always blizzard as we always say we don't really talk about bungie very much anymore but bungie makes some really great cinematic right they hype you up really well before Bungie did that, before that, there was Blizzard, man. Blizzard has done it since way back in the day when they were doing the hype trailers for Warcraft, like you said, for World of Warcraft, for Star uh, uh, Starfield, not Starfield, Jesus Christ, Starcraft. Uh, like they've always done a really good job with the cinematic trailers, and this was just yet another one that was just like, man, this is epic. I want to, I want to see this on Netflix, right? Like I want to see a Diablo Netflix show. Uh, out there it, it, it's amazing I, and i don't like the company blizzard and activision but i i do like their games i you know mm -hmm. I, they, they make good games they just predatory with the microtransactions the loot boxes and everything else they've, they've smashed into the into the games but overall i think it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic yeah the diablo 4 situation is interesting too because people in chat were like saying don't just show me show me cinematics i want to see gameplay there is so much gameplay available to look at of gameplay go look at it yeah diablo 4 has so much gameplay vi visible right now and i like that you brought up force gaming because he had that you know he was kind of reacting to end game beta response yeah. but then he recently put out a video he got to play in yeah. the recent round and he's like they're doing it this is what this game needs to be everyone's being you know universal praise for the diablo 4 sort of format and gameplay and content loop so i'm very excited to see it I, i'm not a fan of the whole like oh if you want early access you got to buy the gold edition yeah. it's like hey, let's just let anybody pre-order i'm not gonna lose sleep over that like okay no. fine i believe everybody that pre-orders gets access to the beta that tells me you're confident in your product because if all these people pre-order and your beta sucks they're all gonna cancel so you're right. letting any person who pre-orders the game test it i think that is a very very good sign of their confidence in diablo 4 and we're probably set to be on a very good path of the game. Everything I read, they took the best of D2 and D3 and jammed it into this game. So you're really benefiting from everything they learned from both of those, especially 
you know, eight years in running now with the live service loot 2.0 and seasonal content model in Diablo three. What here's a way I just thought of it as you were saying it, they could be doing it this way as well because <clears throat> they need to test their game out more. Right. We don't know. Do we know when the actual beta is there? There's not a date on the beta, right? There's no actual physical date when it comes out yet for the beta. I don't believe the beta date has been announced, just that okay. the, the game is releasing June 6th. Okay, so I'm assuming we're talking maybe February, right? February will probably be like the beta testing time. They want as many people on their uh, tester servers as much as possible. And you can look at this and go, oh, well, they're giving everyone the beta so they can play. But at the same time, they're like, hey, we could charge people full price to pre-order the game and we can get testers out. And we're about three, four months away. So the perceived uh, notion of it is uh, if anything is wrong in the game they have time to fix it right because most people don't know how video games work anyway and this is a live well it's a live service game right so even when it comes out it's not going to be complete and I don't mean that in a in a uh, it's incomplete bad I'm just saying that's the way the industry works now right they they release a game if it's ready or not here we come uh, and they want to make sure they get the money up front for the for the people and and obviously if you give them what they want in the beginning, the early stages, you're going to get hooked, man. I'm playing Diablo three and I'm hooked. I'm like, I can't, I can't put the game down. I just want to keep playing. And when you pay your, what's the gold edition? Is it hundred bucks or is it, is it $80? It's, I believe it's, yeah, I believe it's like uh, what 60 or 70 for the standard. Then it's a hundred and then whatever the ultimate is. Yeah. So once you're in for the hundred, you're, you're like, well, I think I'll get a hundred dollars worth out of this. Right? And that's what type of game it is. I just don't like the method, but I, I feel like they are, need a lot of testers. And that's why they're going to put the beta out pretty early uh, to get all the testing they need done so they can make the fixes by August next year after it comes out. Right. <laughs> One of the other announcements that we knew we knew was coming from some leaks was the DLC for Horizon Forbidden West, Burning Shores. And this is starting push toward a trend that is likely coming as far as we can tell burning shores is ps5 only so horizon forbidden west is a is you know a a multi-generational supported game but the dlc seemingly leaving behind all those who own it on the ps4 kind of an interesting decision honestly because you sold the game to everybody and now you're doing that thing now we've been here before right you know Destiny did it with Rise of Iron, and other games have it to say, listen, we, we, we can't support the old systems anymore. Do you see this being a problem with some of these games that have launched? Like, if they want to add to the game, they have to leave behind. Oh, it has been officially announced by Guerrilla that this will be PS5 only, so we're, number one, where'd you land on this? Did you look at it? Did it look good? And then, God, it's kind of the beginning of the turn of the tide old gens getting left behind i mean they gotta do what they gotta do right they now their supply chains are coming back in playstation 5s you're, you're able to go to a store and actually pick up a playstation 5 now uh in most places i know a lot of people are still struggling to try to find one um but now that they have the supply chain now they have to push to sell those things right sony's in the market to sell consoles so they can get the games out there and as we, we we've seen already in the last couple of months with Gotham Knights and uh, Plague Tale and uh, what was another game that just came out recently that's on multiple platforms, right? This is a single platform and they want to make sure that they're giving you the best experience on the best platform that they have, which is the PlayStation 5 at this moment. So if they could drop their PlayStation 4 and then pushes people, you gave them a taste, right? You got to play for Horizon Forbidden West and now you're like, oh man, I really want the, the DLC. 
and now you're gonna have to pony up and get the console maybe they'll have some deal um maybe it'll be on the playstation premium or whatever mm -hmm. it's called playstation plus uh not day and date but a little bit down the road but you're asking a lot for the people that they they, they know how many people bought it they know how many people that bought it on the PlayStation 5, and then they want to try to get that percentage up. So let's say they sold, I don't know, I'm just making a number up, 8 million copies, and 5 million of those copies were on PlayStation 5. Then they know they're trying to get the other 3 million to purchase a PlayStation 5, which in in a in a world where you're looking at the, the data and going, well, we're, we're down by 30%, we need this many people to come over that might be what they're trying to push, right? Because they know the diehard fans that bought it day one, week one, month one. Now they want to know, well, we didn't have a supply chain out there. Now we do. Now we have the PlayStation 5s. What percentage of those other people that bought it on PlayStation 4 will now move over uh, for PlayStation 5? And miraculously, look, the holidays are here. PlayStation 5s are in, in stock. And when does it come out? February? February uh, 2nd, right? It comes out February 2nd, 2023 or February 3rd, 2020? Or, yeah, no, March 3rd. 2023 is that when it comes out i forget I, I saw the i saw the date it was like you know that number three three i think it was three three twenty three i think that's what it was so yeah chat can help us with the release date because i forget i didn't write that down i just wrote down that it you know was it, next gen was the only thing we saw yeah. on that closing frame and you know chat's weighing in and saying that look you know Jay Stubble says, PS4 came out nine years ago. It's time to move on. Dustin says, the sooner we move on from these consoles, the better. And, you know, somebody being confused, Abe's like, oh, I have to rebuy it. You will not have to rebuy it. No, you, your version upgrades and you have it. Oh, 3323. Yeah, you were right. Yeah, 3323. Okay. So yeah, March 3rd. Yeah. First quarter next year is very full, and so is the summer. Um,. So, yeah, I, I, I do agree with people in chat that are saying it's time to move on. You know, they're going to let you upgrade for free, right? You, you don't have to spend any more money and you just buy the DLC. And you have to consider something. Sony is projecting to get good circulation of the PS5 up and running next year. They're saying that, that everything's about to turn, okay? And that's a really great way to incentivize people, very popular title gets a DLC and you can't get it. Well, you've likely you're 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 a prime customer to upgrade. So now you have a really really good reason to and the hope would be that it's going to be wait, people are saying 3323 is Tlu. Oh, April 19th. Sorry, chat had it wrong. April right. 19th. I remember a magic number, yeah. So, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so not March Either but way. April. First, Sorry. First part of the year. It's, it's honestly hard to keep all the release dates straight because it did feel like, you know, February, March, April, February, March, April, boom, 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 boom. And then a bunch of stuff is hitting uh, in June. A bunch of stuff is hitting in June. So very, very full year. And something people started noticing during these trailers and during these announcements was, man, a lot of next-gen only stuff is showing up. That this, yeah. is, this, is the be this is kind of the beginning. And this is... We're not even in the summer of next year. Summer of next year will probably really cement that idea that we're we're leaving behind the previous generation, which I think now is the time where we kind of all expected it to happen. You know, God of War Ragnarok being probably one of the last big titles to be cross-generationally supported. And then going forward, you're just not going to see this as often. Right. As far as another theme... So not just next-gen only theme emerged. I noticed a lot of live service games 
So we see these games that want to have like this ongoing thing. One of the thing, one of the games that I really noticed that looks very promising was Blue Protocol. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm interested in that as well. Because yeah. the and I, I said that Valhalla was going to impact the market. I said you know that that action adventure open world feel with other people would be so good. Like recently, I've been dying. For a game like Immortals Phoenix Rising, I just want to play through that game with my wife. Like, that would be so fun just to be, like, out there getting in the combat, the big boss fights, the exploration, the scavenging, the gathering, and doing that with another person would be a blast. And then I see this Blue blue Protocol game, and I'm thinking, this looks so good. This looks fun. This looks like the graphics. It's got its own art style. And I'm telling you, looters, like, live service looters are, are, are coming. I really do think because I feel like live service looters are going to be that midway between hardcore MMO and just buying something and playing it once, you know, buying Immortals Phoenix Rising and playing it once and putting it down like the midway between just that one time action adventure experience and the hardcore MMO that requires too much of your time. I do think that mid lane is the live service looter. We got Diablo 4, we've got Blue Protocol. There were a couple others that might end up being like that, like Wayfinders and and some others. That, that, I think that's the one that looks like Dauntless, right? Wayfinders is the one that has that 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 same art style as as Dauntless, right? I don't know I was, if I was it, just looking it up. I was just looking it up. I was like there's another game that looked like a looter and I couldn't remember what it was. It might be Wayfinders. Yeah, the way uh, become a wayfinder and unlock that's the it. powers and choose your path and play style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. That it one does... reminded me of uh, of Dauntless mixed with uh, Torchlight a little bit. Yes, Torchlight. Yeah, there's a little bit of similarities to uh, to the Torchlight brand. And 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 I honestly wonder if they're going to if is is this going to be like the battle royale thing are we going to oversaturate the market with these live service looters and then there can only be one or two kings or do you think this genre there's just more room to breathe you know cuz i these I, I love these types of games i'm dying for some looters to dive into and dissect i mean i've i've got a lot of hopes for diablo 4 but it seems like there's going to be a lot of games to choose from yeah i think it, the problem is when a, when a game comes out and it finds a niche like PUBG did, and then Fortnite switched over to being a battle royale, and then there's all these battle royales that came in, and before that it was arenas, like arena um, you know, type of games. They all do the same thing, and back in the day when Warcraft came out, and then all these other type of strategy games came out the same time. This is what happens. One comes out, finds the niche, and then everyone else is like, oh, you see that? Let's jump on the bandwagon to, to make as much money as possible, and you kind of get like burnt out with it, right? So I noticed a lot yesterday... A lot more games like the Fallen. Uh, what was that other one that was? It, it was number two. Uh, the Fallen. Is it called the Fallen? I Lords of the was. Fallen. Lords of the Fallen. Thank you. Um, like that's like you know from Software Light type of thing. You know what I mean? It's it's not a Souls hard as, as Souls game, but it's like a Souls game. And then you have Remnant too. I think the Remnant was out there again. For so it's all these games that are boss fight hard things that that's picking up now a lot more games like that are happening more and more you see a lot more developers coming out with the the sequels new new companies are putting their games out there so all of these games i i feel like there's a niche for all this gaming industry is gigantic now and not all games get the million concurrent two million concurrent 10 million concurrent 
they all just want bits and pieces of the pie. They want the 200,000 with microtransactions or some sort of marketplace so they can sell, you know, the 20%, the 80% of the market, you know, 20% to make 80% of their profit. So they're all just trying to get a piece of the pie. I think a lot of them will shine, right? But only one or two will make it and everything else will just kind of die off within a year or two. Uh, that's just the way the beast is, right? Like Overwatch kicked Battleborn's ass and Battleborn doesn't even doesn't exist anymore. It's a coaster. I have the disc and that's all. Like you can't do anything with it. So a lot of these games will come out. Wayfinder looks interesting. I like Dauntless. Dauntless is still around, but I think Dauntless is still around because it's free to play and they have a really good business model when an Epic picked them up on how the battle pass, the season pass works. It's a fun game you can jump back into anytime. They constantly update it. So new games that come in they have to compete with that right they either have to compete with a free-to-play model of the same type of monster hunter type game or mm -hmm. arena type game or battle royale type game and they have to do everything they're doing right now plus more right so it's really hard to shine when the the groundwork is already laid there for you and you're trying to you're trying to break into the market yeah and i just think the continued challenge for these looter looter live service games it's not it's not making the game it's making the game that can last for 10 years like anybody can yeah. make a game with a with a really fun loop i mean anthem did that the loop was satisfying and then there was nothing beyond the loop yep. and i i know i know destiny's currently going through that crisis right now with people everybody's saying like it's just this is just so rehearsed this is just so predictable Same. i think that's the challenge is you hook people with the content loop you hook people with the concept how do you not just keep doing that? How do you iterate beyond that? And I'm interested to see how games like Diablo 4 and Blue Protocol plan to do that because you can go play Diablo 3 right now and do their seasonal thing and the riffs and it is going to start to feel like, yeah, I've done this before. I do think that's somewhat unavoidable. So I do think that's the challenge is maintaining the loop and the hook without it feeling like, I oh, mean, I've done this before. So I don't necessarily think it's an easy problem to solve, but it will be the problem that these, yeah, it's, uh, it's always these the live problem. service looters have to solve. Yeah, and, and obviously PlayStation is trying to get as many live service looter type games on their... They're going to start putting that on their PlayStation Plus. You know, what is it called? I'm sorry, I, Chad, I'm not on. Is it PlayStation Plus or is it PlayStation Plus Premium? What What is it called? Well, there's two. There's PlayStation Plus, right. and then there's PlayStation Plus Premium. Well, there's actually three. There's, like, the really, really low one. They just converted everybody to, and then you can do, like, the middle one, and then you can do Premium. Okay, but it's it's called PlayStation Plus is what yeah, it's called. Yeah, or PS Plus, yeah. Okay, PS Plus. All right, so a lot, a lot of these type of games are going to make their home on there because they want that... In you know, monthly fee to come in. They, obviously, they're trying to make like a Game Pass. The only difference between Game Pass and what PlayStation's doing is they don't want day and date, right? Which I agree with personally. Um, I think those games should stand alone. And then once they, uh, you know, teeter off, then put them on the platform to, to raise it back up. Yeah, yeah. It's essential, extra, and premium. Yeah, essential is what they just put everybody on. And then the extra right. is a bump up. And then premium was the one that caused a bit of a kerfuffle because it, that's the one where you can get into the game trials which I think is a wonderful value it's like I I can try a game before buying it and you can try like Horizon Forbidden West for like five hours before buying it so they're you know it's a very very good value you can really get a grip on do you like the game or not now 
I want to transition to talking about the awards. I want to see what you thought about all the award categories and stuff. But before we do that, I did want to do a couple notable mentions. I think Hades 2 was very, very exciting to see. As someone who I admittedly don't like rogues all that much, I was thrilled to see Returnal on PC finally confirmed. I think Returnal's going to crush it on PC. I think the PC audience is going to really embrace it. But I was just happy for the developers of Hades because they have done something really, really special. They, They stepped into the rogue market and just owned their art style their identity they've delivered so much quality the voice acting and the writing and their art department i just wow everything always looks so good have you have you done much with hades and you know have you what do you think of the trailer is 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 the rogue barrier something that other people deal with it's just i just don't want to play the rogues i i started dipping into the rogues a little bit um I started playing, well, I, I played a bunch of them before, but I played Hades a little bit, but I played the other game that was out that was like Hades. Um, oh, I forget what it was called. Dead. Oh, it's the Curse it's of the Dead the, Gods. Curse of the Dead. Yeah, that's it. All right. I, I played that. Um, I played Hades, but I never finished it. I played maybe five hours of it. I, I really liked it. It's just the type of content I do. I just kind of play a game and kind of move on. You know what I mean? So I don't get to sit there and beat the game. Um, but I liked it. I thought when I saw it, I, I loved I love I love the art style of the game. And I love the way they do the like the the art on the screen and the voice acting is so good, right? The voice acting is phenomenal in the in the Hades game and I really like that. It's simplistic. I kinda I kinda wish that Marvel would come out with a comic book game for Marvel, like a Marvel comic book game, and just keep it cartoony like that. Oh yeah. Right? With really good voice acting. Like I'm not asking. I I love Spider-Man too, and I, I I can't wait for Wolverine to come out. But I I would love just like an Ultimate Alliance, but sort of like Hades. You know what I mean? Like I would love to do that with that type of art style and the voice acting is just phenomenal. Um, when it comes out, I'll give it a try. I don't know if I'll again. I don't know if I'll put enough time into to beat it, but I, I do love that type of art style. And mm-hmm. I was saying this to last night to Sarge on the on the podcast. I love independent developers. When you look at some of their games, they're beautiful, man. They it's like they have to make them beautiful because they they're trying to get you to play their games right and they do some crazy graphics but not in a crazy like triple a manner they they give you these like really art it's really pure gaming it's that's really what it is it's just pure gaming it's the love of the game they want you to play their game and they make it look so beautiful so so different each one of those is different when you look at a triple a game you're like "Ah, that's the same graphics it's the same like high-end graphics they're trying to get you the yeah with the with, with the high trailers but when you look at games like hades and stuff like that you're like man this is the core of it is the gameplay the gameplay is so good and all these independent games that come out even stray i watch people play stray i haven't played straight myself just the way they did the art design of that and the way they incorporated everything i was like it's a beautiful game i'm surprised it didn't win more it won it, i think it won three awards last night um i was i thought it might I thought it might surprise us all and win Game of the Year, uh, <laughs> past past El- Elden Ring and God of War. But yeah, I, I think independent developers are where uh, the industry needs to to rely on more instead of these AAA games because we're always disappointed with AAA games mm-hmm. and we're always surprised by the by the by the indies. I had a really cool discussion with a friend of mine who's a carpenter, and he was just talking about how impressed he always is 
the older the work is like he'll he'll go into a home and everything and he's and he knows when the house is built and he's like the older it is the better the work tends to be and i said i wonder i've noticed this in movies and even video games recently that the the more technology advances the lower required skill threshold to utilize that technology so in carpentry you're seeing this in movies and video games we're seeing this we're seeing story writing and character development start to suffer because they just sort of rely on special effects and and the skill is less required i always made the analogy that k2so is funny in rogue one because he has to be you you can't see his face there's no slapstick He's just a robot. Same with C-3PO. And then I kind of compared that to Jar Jar, right? Like, Jar Jar didn't have to be funny because he was computer-generated and slapstick. And if we look at indie games, like you're saying, like, they have to be good or no one's going to pay attention to them. They have to be excellent. And so you got games like Vampire Survivors just booming in popularity. You have Death's Door selling 100,000 copies in its first week. And then that other game we saw replaced... I love seeing the pixel artwork get better and better and better. And it really just showcases what can make games great. And I I hope big companies start to pay attention. It's like you can get people in and hook them with what hooked them to Mario, with what hooked them to Zelda back in the day. It doesn't, you don't need all the You know what I mean? Like Pac-Man's just a little guy running around a ball, a circle going around eating pellets and we were addicted to that game you played it a game over and over and over because the gameplay is what brought you in just going around that little maze and trying to stay away from the ghosts right that that's what it is and all these independent like you look at these uh i call it mega eight eight megapixel games that come out they're gorgeous they're absolutely gorgeous you look at them in the art style they do and you're just like how how like if i would love a game like that when i was my son's age seven eight years old with those graphics and instead of we got you know eight pixels of mario jumping around on a side scroller now they get this like in-depth 3d art type of where the background separates from the front it's just amazing it's amazing right now in the indie game indie game space it's the triple a space that i'm always disappointed in because they always come out broke buggy unfinished uh, and they want that full price more now more than full price uh yeah. for their games yeah i want to give honorable mention to Judas because bio you know Bioshock's up on the screen everybody gets really excited and good. that game had such a fun style to it yeah really good. thought that one for many people stole the show because you see Bioshock and you definitely see like the Bioshock oh. influence yeah definitely 100% it looked great I was like oh this looks mm-hmm. good yeah. very interesting that one definitely deserves an honorable mention and yeah somebody's giving me grief in the chat saying you know dead cells castlevania i didn't recognize the characters like everybody in the crowd was cheering i'm sorry i didn't grow up on castlevania i grew up on metroid so i'm on the other side of metroidvanias (laughs) and so i was like why is why is everybody cheering and then all of a sudden someone in chat said oh my castlevania so what a great crossover for for dead cells and it makes me every time i play a game like dead cells i want a metroidvania in that art style and when i play hades i thought the same thing just give me a dungeon crawler looter give me a metroidvania give me more action adventure the rogue thing just always turns me off every time uh and even vampire survivors now i played a game called brotato that was similar to vampire survivors like almost like bullet hell rogue and the combinations of weapons is like addicting and i think Vampire Survivors is booming because of that. It's just very, yeah. very fun and accessible, and it looks cool and kind of has that old style. So, 
you know, I, I want to make sure we make some of those honorable mentions and make sure some of those games are what one I when I saw that I thought was pretty cool was Meet Your Maker, the the one that where you basically make it, it's like Mario Maker, right? Yeah, you for make, adults. You make or you, yeah, you you build a base or build a, a contraption, whatever it is, and then you have to go through it over and over. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. I was like, that's interesting. But at the same time, we, we me and Sarge were making fun of it because we're like, look, the developers don't even want to make a game anymore. They're just making you do the tools yeah, so yeah. you can make the game so you can play. But I was like, yeah. that's a pretty neat concept. It's a pretty neat concept. Well, and something that they could do with Meet Your Maker, because I, 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 I covered that. I think when my brother was in town, we covered Meet Your Maker. And, uh, I, you know, I say Mario Maker for adults, not that Mario Maker is not for kids. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's definitely not for kids. Oh, my gosh. It's not for the faint of heart. If you've ever watched these guys beat the really hard Mario Maker levels. Um, it's like Mario Maker meets Doom. Yeah, that's better. That's better. And I, I think it's creative. I, I would love to see them do like a random generated one you know like you can like mm-hmm. create parameters and have it like randomly generating itself and, and doing that I think that'd be that'd be very very cool um outside of you know all of the indie stuff there also was big showmanship you know you had the 4k space marine you know War, Warhammer 40k space marine 2 looked just awesome but it's always hard to know is this simulated is this what the game's gonna right. look like you know, Callisto looked amazing, and then the experience was kind of eh. You know, the Forspoken demo is out. I might play it after this show, and we're hearing that like, okay, it's not it's not that it's bad, right? But I'm also hearing that it's also kind of not that great either. Um, and so you know, we're starting to see indies kind of carve out their own space and really prove themselves. And then the big titles, everyone's always kind of like, yeah, but is that what it's really going to look like? Like, is it going to be good? Right. You know, and we've had a lot of stinkers this year from really, really big names and big, big franchises. We got to mention this. We got to mention this because I know you're a big Gotham Knights fan. Well, no, you're not a big Gotham Knights fan. You, you play Gotham Knights a lot. (laughs) That's right. I I play it. Yeah. I don't want to say, I don't want to say you're a big fan though, because I don't know where you stand on it. But I know you love Gotham and you love Batman. What did you think of the Suicide Squad trailer and their, the, you know, they sort of pay homage. Yeah, to Kevin Conroy, yeah. Yeah, to Kevin Conroy. Like that, I really thought that was just very nice and very, very classy. But what did you think of that trailer, though? The trailer is interesting because I actually made a video about uh, the Suicide Squad because uh, at the end, because it takes place in the Batman universe, and at the end, he, like, retires as Batman, right? Like, he's done, you know? And so he's, like, killed Batman off, so he's done with Batman. And this takes place in that same universe, and now he's back as Batman, so Bruce is back as Batman. And when I saw the trailer, I thought it was pretty funny, but I was like, I was like, did he just chop off, like, Flash's finger or something when he was, like, mm-hmm. right, when he was holding him up against the wall? And I'm, I'm interested in Suicide Squads. I am. I just don't know what Suicide Squads is yet. We we haven't seen a trailer. We saw, again, AAA games. They show you these beautiful cinematic trailers, and you're like, oh, man, this looks great. But I want to see gameplay, and we've seen very little gameplay of that. So I'm not as hyped. I am hyped, though, to see Batman, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. But I read an article a long time ago about Suicide Squads that because of the contract of the IP, you can't show that you can't kill certain characters, right? So they don't want anything to happen to Superman. They don't want anything to happen to Wonder Woman. They don't want anything to happen to Batman. So obviously, if there's only five bad guys or good guys that are bad guys like Flash and Aquaman, whatever, you're only going to be killing three of them of the of the six potentially. And that that's a little bummer to me because 
it's like i always find it funny that these ips they, they protect them so well that they they're like well we it's like a card game right they don't want to see their car get damaged because they don't want to they right. don't want you to show a porsche is getting damaged because what, what does a porsche look like when it's damaged you know what i mean it's like it's it's so dumb it's a video game let yeah. me fantasize and pretend just for a moment that I killed Batman. I killed Superman. I killed Wonder Woman type of thing. So I'm interested. I'm really interested in Suicide Squads. I, I thought it was. I thought it was great that um, that Harley Quinn was like talking to the cardboard cutout. She's like she was being tough to Batman, but it wasn't Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah, she yeah. she yeah. was like scared shitless out of it, and then all of a sudden she was like, "Oh well, here it is, Batty." You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden he shows up, and she's like, "It's okay." Batman doesn't kill anybody, and then it's just great timing. <laughs> I was like, this is great. This is going to be a fun game. I, I hope it doesn't take itself seriously, but I want to know what, what the meat and potatoes are of that game, which I think yeah. is a looter. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with it. We've seen, you know, glimpses of what, what the gameplay could be like. So that's, I mean, I don't know if there's anything we didn't mention. Were there any trailers or announcements we didn't mention? Because I want to move on to the, the, the actual awards themselves, the categories. I think if there was another, I think we covered uh, pretty much all the big games. I'm sure we missed one or yeah. two, but L- well, last honorable mention would be Viewfinder. It reminded me of Super Liminal, that like the puzzly one where they were taking pictures and stepping into the oh, pictures. Oh, that's the VR one. The VR. No, that wasn't VR. It was just a, that was just. I don't think it was VR. Viewfinder was just a game, as far as I could tell. Hope. That's the one where you, you you like the picture was there and you would walk into the picture. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, was that a VR game? I thought I thought it was VR the way I looked at it. But it maybe re- I'm wrong. It reminded me of Supra, uh, Super Liminal. That was a, that's an amazing puzzler uh, that people should definitely check out. We mentioned Blue Protocol chat. Um, Dune. Oh, yeah. We finally saw some in-engine stuff from Dune, the survival MMO game. That did look really, really good. So thank you, chat, for bringing that up. You Finder is not VR, from my understanding. Butters is always okay. super in tune to VR okay. stuff. It's not VR. Okay, good, 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 good. Because I was okay. like, oh, I thought it was a super, super yeah. liminal sequel is what I thought it was. Well, I thought it was VR, and this is the way we looked at it. I was like, that's going to make people puke. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, if that's VR, you're walking through, you're going to... You're gonna be trippy. You're gonna, you're literally gonna feel like you're like uh, on a drug trip when you're going through there because you're not gonna know realism and you're gonna like trip or fall or, or whatever. But thank God it's not VR. So I have to take this call. Tell me your favorite category and 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 why and who won and all that. Uh, my favorite category. I, I really like the art direction of of games. Chat uh, as as Lona leaves me here. The best game direction. I, I really like the the direction and the art style of how games are, are created and and made, right? So when you look at the art direction for like the creative vision of stuff, coming from a, from a film background, when you look at a game like Stray or you look at a game like Elden Ring or God of War, you have to pull stuff from like reality to like create it. And some of the games you can do that with, like a Stray, like make a city or whatnot. But when you make a game like Elden Ring, or even some of the bosses and stuff that you fight in God of War, you're you're taking mythical creatures and stuff, and you're and you're creating it from zeros and ones and making it into what the game is. And I that's what I always loved from taking something from an absolute zero, literally, and then turning it into a game like God of War, or turning it into a game like Elden Ring. It blows my mind every single time when you look at it. Yeah, it's a thirty show now. Uh, it, it blows my mind when you look at a game that had nothing right even kojima stuff like when you look at it i don't understand kojima we were making fun of it last night like i watched co carnage play it 
like a hundred hours worth and i couldn't tell you what the hell the game is about type of thing right so that's that's my favorite thing best best game direction of how they get from absolutely nothing to making a game what it is to me that's that's better than game of the year the, the, the best game direction, taking something and putting it and making it into something to dish out to us, the fans, uh, to play the game. That's that's my biggest thing. What's your favorite categories, chat? Like, what do you, what do you like? What do you, are you looking for? Audio design? Are you just looking for game of the year because you just want to you want to buy the best game that's out there? Like, what game or what category were you most interested in? And don't and don't don't lie to me and say you're the, the best uh, content creator type of type of stuff. 30 is the meta wheezy uh says uh get to work while the game what, what is that don't want to get to work oh don't want to get to work final fantasy 16 jedi survivor diablo 4 armor core tyrone says all those games about delivering packages oh for for uh death stranding yeah we get to deliver packages twice now double the time amazon amazon times two Tiny Toot likes the story category. Story's always good. Graphics to me, like graphics to me are not, not they're like the lowest bar for me because I'll, I'll play a game that looks terrible. If that's a good core gameplay as a really good story, that's a win for me. Troll, Troll, Troll says games for impact was really interested in. Which, uh, let me see what the uh, games for impact was. Best narrative, we got best art direction, best score, best audio design, best performance. Games of Impact, there you go. Games of Impact, the definition for their standard is uh, for a thought-provoking game with pro-social meaning and message. And the winner of that was As Dusk Falls. I haven't played it myself. I think it's pretty interesting, though, the way they that you could play that game with multiple people. You all kind of like, you know, it's more of a democratic way of playing a game right like who who picks what and the majority rules type of game that's pretty interesting wheezy says story and art direction for him mainly what else you got there chat i don't care about most rewards game of the year is the only one i have interest in the category wise <clears throat> the only here here's the, here's the problem when you watch a movie or uh, a, a music show a game show if you haven't played all the games that are nominated for best game of the year, best music of the year, best you know film of the year, you're really biased about it, right? And I'm not saying you in particular. I'm saying just all of us in general. If you only watched one movie out of the five movies or out of the six movies or one song out of the six songs or one game out of the six games, you're like, that one's going to win. And you really don't know anything about the other ones. So it's it's kind of... It's kind of uh, a very big biased opinion when you look at a game in a category and go, I, I really like the game of the year, but I've only played one game type of thing, you know? I'm on 30. It's in my name. All right. I care about the indie category. If I watch. Not a big fan of the uh, the shows. What game got best soundtrack? Um, soundtrack, I think it was God of War. God of War got the best soundtrack, if I'm not mistaken. Silver says mostly story, but I also love games that are co-op to play with my friends in limited time. We all have limited time, don't we? <clears throat> well, let's try not fucking with the guest of the show. Oh, please, this is this is this is fine, creature. It's fine. 
Yeah, the Indies were super strong. My problem, my problem, Diaz, is MMOs. I love MMOs. MMOs are one of my favorite genres uh, of games uh, to exist. But the problem is I don't have enough time to play MMOs. You have to invest a lot of time. Like when uh, Ginger was on, I always talked about New World. I always wanted to get back into New World, but I just don't have the time. The only time, I was talking about this the other day for MMOs, if we had a Transformers MMO game, I would try to make time again. I said, jokingly, I was like, my son's eight years old. He's pretty self-independent now. Yeah, I, I don't need to be with him all the time. Solomon says, uh, my interest is game of the year is what other people think the game of the year is. I decide separately what they think the best game of the year is. For me, it could never be a sports or a racing game. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Because when you look at a sports game, you're riding in a racetrack and you're only going making lefts. But then you look at a game like God of War where they pieced out 100 characters and voice acting and soundtracks and everything else. And to me, yes, they're all making games, but yet they're not even on the same playing field. So I'll agree with that 100%. Crowded says, yeah, but I knew God of War and Horizon Zero Dawn weren't going to win Game of the Year because they were both sequels that did nothing to revolution. Um, is that is that true, though? Has no sequel ever won Game of the Game of the Year? I don't know. I don't know if that if that's true. I can't I can't argue yes or no with it. The time problem is yet even for me until started to work from home. I got no kids. God bless you. Did you see the game uh, Transformer game trailer? Uh, Tiny, I, I already made two videos on Transformers. You can go check those out on my channel. Self-promote since, uh, since I've hijacked the show. What are you hoping for for the Transformer game? Well, I, I've read some stuff about the Transformers game on the uh, on the uh after for for rumors and stuff and they say it's a action one to four player um action game and i think there's going to be a looter-esque involved with it as well on top of that even though they only showed autobots in my breakdown you can actually see shockwave in the background and that's decepticon right and they say you get to play as decepticons from earlier leaks and stuff for the transformers game so supposedly you're going to be able to play like six characters of of decepticons like six characters of, of autobots and you get to pick and choose which ones you want to use and you're both going against a new a new faction a new uh a new enemy that's in the universe for the very first time they're called the legion supposedly so i'm i'm very excited i'm very excited for it yeah it's the mic show with my guest uh the chair so chair tell me what was your favorite moment of of uh, the award ceremony? Interesting. And uh, how would you... So you like seat fillers. All right, well, the seat fillers were pretty good. Did you see that one scene chair where uh, one person was trying to get the seat filled and couldn't, and they cut to it? Did you see that? Mike in the chair. That's right. Game of the year to me is, uh, is apparently... Uh, appealing to me the majority of elden ring was very specific and i know many people that don't like souls games in my opinion stray was a better ca candidate i agree i honestly thought and i didn't play stray i only watched people play stray and i actually thought it had a chance i thought i had a chance to win i would like to see the votes like the uh like the the final tally 
of them to see like how close it was for voting or whatnot. Because Keeley did say he took out jokingly, but at the same time he he said it out loud. He said, um, "We're taking away all the bot votes, right?" So I, I was I was like, "Oh, so there's a lot of bot votes that I had there." Thanks for carrying the show, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for joining me, uh, Lono, for my show. Uh, it's called the 30 Round Table. Uh, we've been here. <laughs> so this coffee we've been waiting on, right? Just always a disaster. Freight's always terrible. Guy was super polite. FedEx drops it off. Super excited. I rip in. I rip into the box. I'm like so excited to look at the bags. And the bags are white. And they're supposed to be black. Maybe he's colorblind. So I have an entire skid of coffee. I have an entire skid of coffee. Huge order. Smells phenomenal in the in the wrong color bag. It would have looked so great. It would have looked so great on black too. Like it looks awesome. The bags are a little bigger than I expected, but this is actually 12 ounces. <laughs> Limited edition bag. Yeah, the print quality is great. It lo- it looks phenomenal. It really, really does. Everything's great. The wrong color bags. Well, now they're in- limited edition. Now they're limited edition, so you have to raise the price. White bags, more expensive than the black bags. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, I'll, I'll sign them, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> There's all the information on the back. Yeah. <laughs> White for Frickmas works. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'll try to have a silver lining attitude about it. I, I, I feel sick. I honestly felt sick when I opened the box. I was like, what? <laughs> well, at least you got your coffee. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's here. It's here. So there you go. Color of the bag doesn't affect the taste. It was just a really big deal. It was a really big deal that we went to printing on the bag. We were really excited for it to look way more professional than what we've been doing. This is supposed to be like a big, huge upgrade moment. And um, did you forget to click the box for black instead of white? He he sent proofs and everything. All the proofs that he sent were on black. Like I don't know how that would be confused. I some somebody I don't know. Somebody made a it's a clerical error. <laughs> I feel sick. <laughs> it's a clerical error. <laughs> okay, so what were you guys talking about when I came back in? Well, I, I was talking about, you asked me what category I like the best. And I said, I, I really like art direction. And the reason I yeah. like art direction is because games, from the concept of what they are, they're nothing. They're zeros and ones. And what they turn into, like, you can't get to game of the year unless you have the art direction of someone's vision to take a game like Elden Ring, where you, you have to make all this fantasy up, right? You have to make everything up in your head and put it on that, like what, what uh, Kojima does with... Dr- Death Stranding is so so weird and it's nothing to what it is and then it becomes the game of the year so to me the art direction and everything is one of the most important uh, categories for, for gaming yeah and see that when when Elden Ring took took art direction and then took best directing best director best game direction I was like e-, I was like I think they're going to take game of the year because it was like Ragnarok was cleaning house. God of War Ragnarok was absolutely cleaning house. But then when you win those particular categories, it's like, what in the world? Like, who's going to be able to beat this? Apparently, they got best art direction. Apparently, they had the best direction. 
And I kind of agreed with that. I was like, you know, if you if you think about what they did with Elden Ring, if you think about what they did with the open world, it really took a lot of ambition and creativity and really good direction. And then it just looked incredible. Like the actual art direction of the, the landscapes and the enemies and everything. So I was fully okay with them winning. I kept telling people, if it goes to Ragnarok, because that's my vote, I would have voted for Ragnarok. I did. But it going to Elden Ring, I'm totally fine with because I felt like they did something very special with that game. And it was more, I think it's going to be more impactful long term on the industry. People are going to point back in five or six years and say this game took inspiration from Elden Ring's open world philosophy. Because um, I think Breath of the Wild was sort of the beginning of this this approach to open world. And I think Elden Ring took the ball further down the field. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always say if you if you like a game and, and they set a bar and you're a person that looks at a game and says, I want to make a game like that. You got to take that, and that bar is now the groundwork, and then you have to go just a bit above that to make it better than what you inspired it to be, right? Like if uh, if someone comes out with Minecraft, another Minecraft, uh, Hightail is a game that's coming out. We haven't, we don't know much about it, but those people were fans of Minecraft, and then they've taken Minecraft and they've they've upped it. You know what I mean? They've tried to up their game from what Minecraft is, and I think that's what that's how the industry moves forward. That's how the competition moves forward. That's how everything gets better in the industry. Yeah. Yeah, and I appreciated what they tried to do with Al Pacino and what they tried to do with the voice acting element. Like, they made that, like, a really big deal. Like, we're going to have an actual world-class, world-famous actor announce the winners for voice acting because of the work that goes into it. But then, sadly, it was like, it just landed so poorly because Pacino was struggling. You could have got someone younger. I mean, you didn't have to get Al Pacino. I mean... I think half the audience didn't even know who Al Pacino was, to be honest with you. <laughs> right? They, they didn't. Maybe. The, the younger... Who? Who is that? Like, they could have gotten Chris Pratt or something. I, that would have been... People give him crap all the time. That would have been fantastic if they... <laughs> hey, look, it's Mario. Oh, it's, it's Chris Pratt. It's Chris Pratt. Yeah, they, yeah they you, you, notice, you notice with the Mario movie, like, Pratt's, like, nowhere to be seen whenever they want to promote it. Like, they're not even, they're not even using him. Yeah. Now, I, I think I think they could have gotten someone more relevant in the uh, in the voice acting space. Um, I mean, I understand they're getting actors and they're, what they're trying to do, but still, N- Nolan North would have been a better person to come out and speak of. Consider he's an award winning voice actor. Do you know what I mean? Giving another voice actor the award for best acting type of stuff. I don't know. You don't Back you don't choice. think you don't think that this is all just some big scheme? Like they knew Pratt and his approach would be highly criticized and create like virality because the movie looks incredible but it's getting like double press coverage because it looks fantastic but we're also seeing constant press about how pratt doesn't sound like a good mario he did he did he probably literally phoned it in (laughs) he literally probably phoned it in from his house to do mario well there are times where I hear what he was going for. I can hear it, and he just... It reminds me of Mr. Potato Head from Toy Story. It's like, what's yeah. going on here? Like, it, it doesn't sound like what what Mario... You know what I mean? It's like, you kind of went for, like, a New Yorker, I guess? Like, an, an, an irritated... Well, he, or is a, con- he is a New Yorker. I mean, the first Mario was Lou Albano for the live action. <laughs> Captain Lou Albano was Mario in the old TV show. Before the movie came out, that's who it was. It was a straight-up hardcore, you know, northeastern guy. Yeah. 
Well, and and you've worked in production, and everybody keeps faulting Christopher Judge, right? But why didn't they just start playing music after five minutes? Five minutes is a ton of time to talk and to and do it to do a thank you. Everybody else talked for maybe 120 seconds. And so it's like, why didn't they just start playing music? He's a professional. He would have taken the hint because once they started playing the music, he started rapping. It's like, you waited 18 minutes to play music on this man. Like, I know he's an icon and I know everyone loves him because I, I certainly was excited for him and glad and I, I think his work is phenomenal. But, you know, start playing some music at five minutes and you'd have saved us all 13 minutes of bleed. I, I think a lot of it, uh, well, I saw a wide shot and Keely was still on stage, so he wasn't behind stage. He was on stage, so I don't know if he was like doing something like, "Come on, like push the button." Maybe the intern that was working the the board didn't know what he's doing. Maybe he was uh, in dreamy world because he's a big God of War fan. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that could happen, but I don't know how one the the prompter for Al Pacino was probably too small because he wasn't the only person to squint towards the prompter when he was talking. Right? There was other people later in the in the show that were like. What is that? What does that say? And they couldn't read it. So right. I don't know what the prompter was from a for big enough distance, not a big enough font, which sounds minuscule, but is a huge deal. And then the person that plays the music to play people off the stage. I mean, I don't know if they wanted to feel like they were going to be rude or not, but I mean, he's not there. It's not a, it's not an award ceremony for Christopher Judd. It's it's an award ceremony for everybody in the industry to get an award like Ricky Gervais said it the best get your reward, say your thing and get off stage, right? Like don't don't sit up there and start preaching or telling stories cuz nobody cares at that point. You're just like, "All right, let's move it along." Move it along. I I appreciated how it started cuz it was touching. Sure. You know, he's talking about his mom, he's talking about all this, and I'm like, "Okay, this is really good. This is really touching. This is really important like in the in the landscape of of making something of yourself and being better in the theme of Ragnarok. I thought this is really, really good. And then he just like starts telling stories and sharing stuff. And I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And I, I didn't say anything during the broadcast cause I like him too much. I was like, all right, let's just move on. Ha ha. He talked. Oh, I ragged on him. Oh, I ragged on him the whole time. <laughs> well, they kept, I ragged, on, I ragged on everybody the whole time. Well, and we, uh, we, we were, we were noticing that they kept mentioning it. <laughs> they just, they just kept mentioning it, you know? Uh, well, I, th- I think Keely went out there and, and made sure because he said something after that, uh, on stage on, on live TV, he's like, or on, on, on the web, he's like, he's like, Oh, that was a long speech, like a joke. And then it cut to a commercial. And when they came back, Keely was standing next to him as he was like giving a hug to somebody else. You know, they were talking to each other like, hey, sorry, there was an apology or something was said between them because uh, they even made fun of it. Like the rest of the presenters were making fun of how long it was. Do you know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was pretty funny. So I was I was uh, yeah, I was I was totally fine with 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 Elden Ring taking it. Uh, I was, you know, I was totally fine with me. I was I was pleased with that. I think Ragnarok run, won all the right categories. The one that surprised me the most was Ragnarok winning for original score over Elden Ring. That one shocked me. I as well. I was I was I was like ooh. I, I didn't think I didn't think they were going to win it. Uh, I also didn't think they were going to win for audio design. I didn't think God of War was going to win for audio design. Yeah, I thought Call of Duty was going to pull that off because of the real world record like. 
getting gunfire and fighting and all that to sound the the audio design in, in Call of Duty is just unbelievable and I was really surprised that went to Ragnarok as well I see I didn't think Call of Duty was going to win because if you want a sound of a gun you go to a gun range and capture the sound of a gun that's why it sounds realistic right but when you're playing God of War or Elden Ring you got to make the sound effects for a monster that doesn't exist Right, everything in Call of Duty, all the sound effects in Call of Duty exist. Right, so you all you have to do is go capture that sound in Elden Ring and God of War. You got to make monsters and screaming and screeches and all these things to make it sound like something that you want to see. So, for me, working in production side, I I value people's time as far as the people that do the sound design work. Obviously, I know they just didn't take a gun and get the sound; they manipulate it and stuff in in, in the background as well, but. To coming from nothing, going, hey, uh, we created this monster with seven arms and squeeches and stuff. Uh, what's that going to sound like? And they then they make that sound. And they make the footsteps and how heavy it's going to be. Where Call of Duty is like, I got an AK-47. All right, let's let's take an AK-47, take the shoots, put some boots on, walk on hardwood, walk on grass, walk on gravel type of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. What we. The audio audio guys that probably put all the work in are probably like, oh my gosh, we do so much more than that. I get what you're oh, saying, good. though, I, right? I they do, yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I just felt that Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 will probably, I think, be considered the standard for, because so many games get gun sounds wrong in there. It's noise polluted. Sure. It sounds like garbage. Like, yeah. if you play Outriders, it sounds so bad. Um, but I did forget, because what you're saying is reminding me just the sound of like Mjolnir and being like it makes like a sound when he moves it and then when he sets it down it goes like, like right. they did bring something pretty special to audio design in Ragnarok I'm kind of remembering now like oh yeah there's really nice touches in some of those scenes that sound so good and what you're saying too with like the different right monsters and stuff I do I do consider that to be a, you know a pretty big feat as well cuz Gran Turismo I also thought getting cars to sound really good is probably very difficult to not just overwhelm the hearer and just have noise pollution cuz it's just cars are loud right. and you know that's just going to be one of those things where it's uh it's always going to come down to the care and the concern of the devs being like let's really make this sound good um some people you know Wheezy is bringing up uh, metal metal hell singer is that they should have won original score because that game is just nuts with how much work they put into the music and also just a really cool idea too that you got to play and fight in time with the music yeah chad if you ever want to appreciate what audio design is like watch a tv show because most tv shows are done in adr afterwards like the sound effects and everything they're put in after the fact with foley artists but now there's machines that do it instead of people breaking lettuce with their hands right like there's there's actual sound effects captured watch play a video game but put the volume all the way down and then imagine all the sound effects that you have to create the footsteps the wind the chimes the the birds the thing like everything that happens is each individual there's thousands and thousands of soundtracks of things that are in the background uh and then just turn it up i i it, it really is when i went to school for we had to learn about audio design and and we had to create a uh, a video we had to create a 30 second video of anime and they had no sound effects. They just gave you a clip and you had to make all the sound effects with things that were around you. So you had one day to go out and I remember I had to make a robot walk. So all I did was take a windshield wiper and take the windshield wiper and, and, and capture the windshield wiper moving. And then I went up to a, um, a, uh, 
a telephone pole and took a metal rod and, and and smacked it and then rubbed it up against the thing and recorded that and then blended those together to make the robot sound like it was walking like i was just like holy christ like what goes into it obviously i know call of duty does more than just take a microphone and hold it up to a gun and take a, and take a shot but like i said when it's a fantasy game when it's any type of game like that even the robots like someone brought it up at horizon forbidden west like the robots the you have to take a four-story robot and think of the weight and the, the way it sounds and the way it moves and all that stuff. It's it's absolutely amazing. I'm always I, I appreciate these the, these uh, categories more than most because of what what goes into it. Yeah, and and Sway's bringing up a really good point in our in our members Discord. He says I think it goes beyond just realism. He says COD nailed the immersion in spatial cues. Sure. I, yeah, I did think they nailed that aspect. Like it felt. Like, I'm getting shot at. It felt really good to be in that game. And I I thought they were going to at least take take that category. Now, we've, we've kind of walked through all the categories. But every time I come away from an award ceremony like this, I'm like, I need to play those games. Were there any games that popped up? I think the indie category especially had just such a strong showing. Was there anything that you were like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I need to play that. Were there, you know, were there any games, any standouts? I'll give you mine. I've just been dying to play Cult of the Lamb and I just don't have time. I would love to play that. It looks right up my alley. And obviously any any of the other indies that just looked amazing. So was there anything in the showcase winning an award that you were like, oh man, I need to make sure and go check that game out? The one is Stray. I, I I don't have a uh, I don't have a PlayStation. Like I said, I mean, it's, is it on PlayStation Four? Actually, is it on, is it on PlayStation Four or is it only on PlayStation Five? I for think Stray. I think it's PS Five only. Hang on. Yeah. No, it's PS Four and PS Five. Is it? I might have to pick it up because I have a PlayStation Four. I wanted to play that really bad. I played Tunic. I think Tunic's a fantastic game. It was one of my it really brought me back to my childhood with playing Zelda and whatnot. Um, everything else. Nothing really like stuck out or stuck out for me. Um, As Dex Falls, I had people tell me it's a really good game, but it's just not my type of game. You know what I mean? So I, I'm not really interested in that. Um, yeah, there's nothing. Maybe Bone Lab as VR, and I don't own a VR, but I hear a lot of good things about Bone Lab. But other than that, no. I, all the games that I wanted to play, I, I played. Yeah, Swade's bringing up Earthblade, the platformer from Celeste. Yeah, that one looked really good because they. I know Celeste is pretty popular. Not my cup of tea, but Celeste is pretty popular. Um, I will say that the oh, what was it called? It was nominated so many times in the indie category. Was is it called Neon Black? It's the one where you engage in combat with cards. You like the cards pop up. I think it's called Neon Black. Is that the name of it? I don't know. If, no, I don't think I have the name right. Neon White. Neon White. I don't. I think it's because of the the one the one character had like a black like mask on or something. Neon White. Sorry. Um. There's a there's a there's a joke there that I'm not gonna make. Uh. <laughs> The, that one looked like one that like I don't necessarily know if I would enjoy it but it did look really really cool like the the flow of it the, it was fast it was like oh wow there's a, there's a, there's a lot here um, you know that, that could be enjoyable for maybe even somebody who's like not necessarily in that you know that that genre or wanting to uh, to play it so I I walked away virtually 
pleased with every category. I wasn't shocked, except for the couple of the audio ones we mentioned. Um, like, I wasn't upset that Elden Ring didn't win, but I did think that Elden Ring had the best soundtrack. Um, uh, Neon I'm- White has a 98% on Steam, so people seem to really like it. I'm never upset. Like, when all these games are nominated, I was just saying this when you were gone. I was like, because so, someone said, like, uh, the best category was Game of the Year. And I was like, Game of the Year to me is if you don't play all the games, then you really are just biased to the game that you played. You know what I mean? Like, if you only played one of those games for Game of the Year, of course you're going to pick that game because you didn't play the other ones and you played that one and you enjoyed that one. So you're like, yeah, that's Game of the Year, right? And for for that, I feel like you have to play all the games and then decide which one. So I'm never upset when any of these games win and I'm like, oh, that's an upset. I don't know if it's an upset because I didn't really play all those games to know if it was an upset or not. Like, for instance, I played all of the best family games, right? I've, I've played Splatoon 3. I've played uh, Lego Star Wars. I played Kirby Forgotten Land. I played Switch Sports. The only one I didn't play was Mario Rabbids and the winner was Kirby Forgotten Land and I was like, really? I was I was like, really? That, that got it? I thought for sure Star Wars uh, Skywalker Saga was going to pick it up because... To me, and I don't know if you've, you, I think we've talked about this. You played Forgotten Lands, right? You, you've played mm-hmm. it before? Like, as the second character, as a family member, you're really doing nothing, right? The person that's Kirby is doing everything in that game. So you're, it's really not a family game. It's really you're just getting tagged along like you're an Animal Crossing type of thing. And I, that's what I was uh, confused about. I was like, wait, really? Forgotten Land? I mean, it's a great game. It's, it, it's, a, it's a phenomenal game. But I just didn't, I was surprised because I played all but one game in that category for that to win. I was like, really? That one best family game? I was like, it, it, that was interesting to me. Yeah, I think that's a fair criticism of Kirby winning because if you're in the family category, Skywalker Saga, I think, is is the, the winner in my book. You like, got to work together like, to, to do the puzzles and different things, you know? Yeah, and Skywalker Saga took the Lego franchise leaps and bounds forward. Like, it's such, it's an actual, like, action-adventure game. Like, it's an exploration game. It's yeah. open, it's open, quasi-open world. Like, je- the, the Skywalker Saga, I think, was a significantly larger achievement compared to Kirby. Like, my daughter has played the, the ever-loving snot out of Kirby, and... I'm kind of been proud of her. She's beaten the whole game, and she's like going back through on some kind of a new game plus thing where the world's different and chaotic, and the bosses are harder. And yeah. uh, I was like really proud of her. I was like, oh man, she's really putting in the work. And I, I mean, I've been meaning to tell her like, hey, Kirby won an award. That Kirby game won an award. But yeah, I, it's just it's not a very good family game because you you know it, every other Kirby game you can play together, you can play as like the people that get the abilities. You can get the abilities yourself, like. Right why can't you do that at the very least let me play as one of the guys like if Kirby doesn't want to absorb the guy let me play as the guy because in the one game he does that he can befriend the different characters that would be equally awesome instead of just running around with a spear the whole time so yeah replace looks really really good yeah the art style and replace is just bonkers just that's, not, that's cyberpunk looking game right they they bit like cyberpunk yeah like pixel art like yeah uh, three-dimensional good light sources and different things in there yeah it looked really really good so um, game <laughs> yeah yeah well Does it? i uh we haven't yeah oh yeah we have an upload plan for today we do have an upload plan for today i actually am uh looking at like my lunch has been sitting here for forever and uh oh the upload's not ready yet um 
I'm gonna vamp then. Maybe we might be able to get it ready. Uh, I don't know if I want to go play for Spoken. Um, what 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 what's what's stopping you from playing? What do you what do you? I just has- don't. I just don't know. I did. There's there's. I don't know what I don't know what the demand is. I I don't I don't. I feel like people are always kind of shrugging at that game. You know, a little bit. Um, and I'm not, no one's, no one's convincing me to play it. Everyone's like, yeah, it was fine. It was good. Or the controls are kind of funny after Callisto. I don't know if I want to play another game with weird controls, mm. you know, like Cal- Callisto's Callisto protocol controls were just, it was such a weird decision, you know, play it on your own first and then try. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know. going to go try it uh- now. The most game I'm looking forward to is, um, well, there's two parts to this. The game I've seen more of and I want to play is Jedi Survivor. And the game that I'm really souped up, like hyped up about now, uh, was Transformers game that they announced, but we don't know nothing about it. So so I'm excited for Transformers, but in reality, it's Jedi Survivor because we know a lot more about that game than we do Transformers game. Yeah, yeah, the Transformers game excited me, but then it was also one of those things of like, well, I don't, we don't know anything, nothing. right? You know nothing about it, yeah. Yeah, it was like, I I, I got excited, because when I saw his hands, I was like, oh, that's clearly Bumblebee, right? Uh, that, that's, clear, that's clearly Bumblebee, and, you know, the, the, the Transformers world is just built, it's built for a video game, like it just is. Um, it's, it's not a, uh, uh, showing processed on my end. Um, that's something like, um, on my end, the Lego, if you had to bounce, I don't have to bounce. I just want to bounce. Um, (laughs) I'm kind of done. Uh, He's, he's mad about the coffee, chat. Uh, this totally de- yeah, it totally derailed me. It really, really did. There was another game that we that we saw that I thought looked really, really good. Was it After Us? Was that the one? I'm trying to think of the one. There was one in the early pregame that I thought looked really, really cool. Um, uh, and it was it might have been After Us, the After Us game. No, we talked about Judas. Yeah, we talked about Judas. What happened See, to the coffee? I- Go ahead. I'm I'm so excited about Transformers that I literally forgot about Hogwarts Legacy. And Hogwarts Legacy comes out in February, and I have no idea when Transformers comes out. Like some, I said, I'm excited for for Jedi Survivor and Transformers. I I was super hyped for Harry Potter, or sorry, Hogwarts Legacy, and I literally forgot about it since yesterday. I'm I'm like, what Hogwarts Legacy? Oh, yeah, that's right. It's coming out in February. Yeah, guys, the coffee's fine. Uh, the bags are just white, and they're supposed to be black. Like it's like the classic. Like you wait and you wait and you wait, and you open the box, and it's it's just just horribly wrong. <laughs> so obviously, we'll we'll you know we'll we'll have to laugh it off and be like, it's a limited edition for Christmas or whatever. Get those um, sharpies out, Lono. Get your kids and start start coloring in the white bags with the with the black sharpie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna just sign. <laughs> I'll sign them all and and make them angry. I'll make an angry face on every bag. <laughs> I just spilled stuff here. I was gonna. I'll, I'll show you guys that might have missed it. Hang on. I got. Got sa- I got some kind of a saturation on the front of the bag there we go there we go i think it's nice for the holidays 
Yeah, yeah. It just we have them on the website in black bags. So, and it, they're much bigger than I thought they were going to be. Um, I, I, I think we'll be able to make this work shipping wise because it is so it is so flat. It is nice and flat. They're not super thick, uh, and they should stand up. They should be able to. Yeah, they will. They'll stand up on their own. So, it looks good. At least the print quality is good, right? The print quality is really good. It looks fantastic. Now we know that when we get the black bags, they're going to look killer, right? They're going to look absolutely killer when we get the black bags. So, yeah, I am uh, it just, I don't know. And, I, and I'm supposed to eat before we do this show, and my kids were being terrible, and so my wife, like, she brought, my lunch has just been sitting here, and now I don't even know if I can eat it. It's, like, it's been sitting here for, like, over an hour, so it's, like, it's probably gross. Um, so it's just not at all the the morning and day I wanted to have. I was like, yeah, it's Friday, and we're gonna get the coffee. Uh, replaced was the pre-show. Yeah, yeah, it was during, it was during the pre-show, it I, it wasn't relic hunters because that's just like a fun party game like a top down like um like bullet like almost like a twin stick shooter you know it might have been the banishers game I think that was the one was that the one with like the really really long uh, intro where they were like talking about hunting yeah 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 the banishers game uh, ghosts of new Eden that was the one that looked really really interesting to me and I want to know if it's co-op that was my big question they have it marked as single player uh, in the in the description but when they finally showed gameplay it was two people attacking it wasn't just one banishers bored me to death it was a really really long cinematic it really really was the voice acting was just top shelf was the main reason that I was like hey this is pretty good this sounds pretty dope I call it the Scottish Witcher that's what I called it yeah, 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 yeah. People kept saying that she sounded like the the chick from uh, from Game of Thrones. Uh, you know, you know, you know nothing, Jon Snow or whatever the heck. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it. I is thought it, her, it was is it her. I thought it was her, but the the guy, the main actor, is a, the main protagonist is a Scottish guy. So that's why I was like, oh, it's a Scottish Witcher. It looked interesting. It looked it looked good. From a from production and you've been in TV and stuff. What did you think about the musical performances? Because we had the song from God of War and then we had Halsey. I I love orchestras. I, I, orchestras make everything better. In in my uh, those of you that don't know, I I was in marching band and band growing up. I was in symphonies and I played jazz music and trumpet and saxophone. I was part of concerts and stuff. I love I love orchestra music and uh, the performance uh, that uh, was for God of War was beautiful i thought it was great and then also uh the, the other orchestra that came out i don't know the name of it uh absolutely great i thought that that did you guys see the flute the flute player was like jamming out man he was he was having a life uh, he was the life of the party he was switching flutes every like every 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 measure he was switching yeah. to different flutes and stuff i was just like man this, this guy's jamming out he was so excited uh but yeah i love i love the music performances music performances for me are are some of the best stuff i i really like orchestras though orchestras are my favorite yeah, I thought they did a cool, cool job with that. They that you know they did the big game of the year thing at the end. They had like that. They went through and played the music from each yeah. of the games. That was just phenomenal. And that's when you saw a lot of that flute guy. Apparently, he's like world. I think he's like world renowned, and he has a lot of his own instruments that he's made. Like he hybrids instruments or something. Oh, is he? Is is that the guy who who does that? I didn't know that. 
somebody looked him up and I saw a description in my discord last night that like he he kind of like makes and hybrids his own um, his own instruments that's great um, yeah and then there was the guy playing the hurdy-gurdy yeah 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 because there's one of those in God of War Ragnarok yeah yeah yeah, yeah so, the way they even, all so, so much so I'm seeing the the uh, Philharmonic this weekend and then when uh, Keeley was talking about in June having the concert at the uh, the LA the- um amphitheater i was like oh man i want to and it's gonna be streaming live i'm, I'm definitely gonna check that out yeah yeah so i i do think anytime there's there's a show like this right and and people are getting there were some people that were getting upset about like the advertisements or getting upset at like the the fact that there was an orchestra or performance you know it was like this is actually exactly how these productions need to go you know i i actually thought the advertisements were fine they were they were well placed there weren't too many of them and it's like how else do you think a big production like this comes together you know you, this is kind of necessary you know yeah that uh that was a hurdy-gurdy the the, fir- the very first thing that's what you play in like sea of thieves that, that that first score that's what he was playing the hurdy-gurdy we thought it was a uh centaur in the beginning sarge said it was a centaur and i was like i don't think it's a centaur um yeah it's a hurdy-gurdy yeah hurdy-gurdy. yeah I was I was disappointed too, you know, in in the fact that this kid gets on stage and does this thing, but then like the internet is undefeated. The memes that were born out of it within, you know, an hour, the first hour afterwards. I mean, I was dying laughing and I just saw a couple of them posted in my Discord. I was like, the, what on the earth? internet always wins. The internet is 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 always the winner when something stupid happens. The internet is the winner. Yeah, yeah. I it I'll be interested to see if we find out because apparently Schreier has interviewed him already. He's already interviewed really? him. Mm-hmm. He's in the kid, I, I, and he, the kid was fifteen. I personally think that we shouldn't we shouldn't promote people like this. We should just let it just fall to the wayside, and because this is what they want, right? They wanted to be on stage to make a, a point. And now he's being interviewed. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, yeah. Now Schreier's interviewed him. Uh, and somebody's like, why are we, uh, yeah. somebody literally replied to Schreier and said, the dude does this thing for attention. Let's give him more attention. And he says, yep, the stupid. guy is newsworthy. And I had questions. No, Schreier, you're trying to make money. Like, let's not be stupid about this. Yeah. Like yeah, I, always, I always find that like if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, you, you don't know it falls. If the kid was trying to do something and he didn't get to do it, no, nobody knows. Right. But now you're giving him a platform to speak. And then people will follow him just because of how culture is. He'll, he'll, scream out his twitter name or something and then people go follow him and then all have a hundred thousand twitter followers and it's 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 ridiculous yeah like it's not it's not hard to say we don't we're not going to cover this this is beneath us this is a guy that's looking for attention he's just a huckster he's a prankster why would you interview would, would you interview a streaker at the world cup you know Right. We really, we really want to know why this guy ran naked across the field. No, why would you do that? That that's a, that's a prankster who's just trying to disrupt a main right. event, and hence, hence why for streakers now they don't show it on TV anymore. They they cut it as soon as they can. Yeah, they they, they, they cut it so they don't show it. Yeah, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, like I just it's like it's over. It's done with. We don't need to know his name. We don't need to know who he is. He did something that was incredibly you know childish, and it's it's a freaking prank. So. Schreier's like, um, I'm not going to say his name, but you know, the kid's 15 and apparently he says he's almost certainly a Jewish prankster. This is what Schreier is saying. He understood a question that I asked him in Hebrew and then he pretended that he didn't. 
apparently he tried to trick him and he asked him something in Hebrew and the kid understood him and then he acted like he didn't understand him so you know I, I it's it's one of those 40 chest yeah yeah it's one of those <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like I I, I, I 100% think uh, that if you're going if you're going to do something like that for attention it'd be great if like the press was just like we're not going to talk about it like if you want to set it up and do memes and make fun of it and you want to kind of laugh I think that's totally fine I I don't think that there's anything wrong with that you know it's like okay set it up and let people see it and you know make fun of it or whatever but like the idea that like you're going to you're, you're going to like interview him and tell everybody his name and like, why'd you do this? You know, tell me why you went up on stage and said something about Bill Clinton. Like, you're not going to have an intellectual breakdown from this guy. Right. You know, you, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to get some like actual thoughtful dialogue from him. It's a child, not a guy. It's a child. Um, indirectly drive more people. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I can type, I can type after the fact. I'm going to save this. Um, okay. Okay, that's been saved. All right, guys. I have something for you. I have something for you. Those of you that stayed this long in the show, uh, I have something for you. But before we get to that, Mike, where can they find you and what kind of content have you been working on lately? I'm doing a lot of stuff. Uh, you can find me on 30 and Still Gaming, which is our main channel, which we do live uh talk shows we do the daily grind monday through thursday 10 o'clock in the morning and we do the podcast thursday nights generation x gaming that's on the main channel uh, i have 30 nsg and uh, i would love if everyone could go over there and give it a subscribe we're so close to a thousand um and that's where i do uh more uh, uh honed in topics for for video games we're covering gotham knights we're now covering transformers i did two videos uh in the last 12 hours there's two videos go check those out on information of the new transformers game um and, and then we do live streams on that channel as well for gameplay in the evenings. And then I have uh, Nerding with 30, which is our third channel, which is our just entertainment where I've been doing reactions to uh, the Indiana Jones trailer, the new Transformers trailer. So three channels, 30 and still gaming, Nerding with 30 and 30 NSG. Uh, go check those out. Uh, short little content pieces. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it very much. Yeah, guys, let's get him to that. You know, we, we love to help channels get monetized we do it to our own channels right we've got the lego channel that you guys have been helping with but 30 is on the doorstep uh i'll put a link in chat uh or you can just go type 30 nsg so if you're listening to the audio version you can find it that easily just 30 nsg and you'll find him 844 subscribers so i'm also going to be redirecting you guys to my reaction to a guy there's a guy with a channel he's very funny he's 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 a pro xbox guy and he is not happy about the 70 dollars games situation his name is doc dark 1985 so i'm going to send you guys over there and redirect you make sure that you guys are subscribed to 30 NSG. I'm even going to hit up the Discord later with a link to his channel. Let's get him there. He's really, really close. If you are a member, uh, I will be streaming tonight with my wife in about six hours, so make sure you have notifications and all those things turned on. There were tons of members last night. We had over a 1,000 viewers for the Game Awards, and a lot of them were members, which means you guys are around in the evening, so you can come hang out with my wife and I tonight as a members-only perk. We'll be having some drinks and some laughs, and we'll be laughing about 
how I have an entire house full of white coffee bags that are supposed to be black. So <laughs> I'll put a link in chat if you guys would prefer uh, whether or not. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's that's the 30s channel again. So, yeah, support 30. There's that link. And there's also a link to the video I'm sending you guys to. If you'd prefer to click on that link instead of writing the redirect, it will say it's premiering. It's not premiering. I'll push it live as soon as you guys get over there. Thanks so much for watching another Reforge Rundown. We'll see you next week. Take care.